What are the things you do without even thinking about it? Really, when it comes down to it, we're all just a bundle of habits. And if our habits make us who we are, then what do your habits say about who you are becoming? We want to hold a conversation around forming habits that help us follow Jesus. Welcome to Season 2 of the Inhabit Podcast. Season 2. Some people out there, Benj, might argue that four seasons plus a four and a half minute bonus episode is not quite a season, but others, us, us, would say it was. Yeah. And uh, I would also say four seasons don't make a season. Four episodes, maybe. Oh, did I say season? Yeah. But four seasons make a whole year. Wow. So, look. When we get to when we get to four seasons of the Inhabit <laughs> podcast, we'll have made a year's worth of podcasts, which is probably true. Yeah. So we, this is what our last one was in the dregs of summer, on the fading end of summer, and now this is like <laughs> the autumn season, right? Beautiful, beautiful. The leaves are falling. Time to rest. Time to rest. Yes, we are going to have a good chat over the next several episodes. Just just a quick. You know, forewarning, we're going more than four this time. Four yeah. warning, more Get than forewarning. Yeah, forewarning. We are going to be doing a whole bunch of episodes about this idea of Sabbath. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is actually, for me, one of um, the most essential life-changing habits I think we can have as followers of Jesus in the 21st century, you know, in 2019 um, and beyond. It is potentially... An absolute game changer. Potentially. And if people aren't doing it yet, which I think is a lot of people, (laughs) I think Mm. that's Mm. the story of the 21st century is let's not rest. This this could really change some people's lives. It could. It could. could. Before we dive in, I did want to ask you, how do you feel now that you're officially a pod pastor? Uh, (laughs) A pod pastor. I'm not a podcaster. Yeah, we we are pod pastors, aren't we? Podpasters. I'm going to change my, my Instagram bio. <laughs> Podpasta. Yeah. Sounds like you're like a pastor that comes in like a neat little package. Oh. In a little egg. No, maybe like a little squad of pastors, like a little pod. Yeah. Like a, like a you know, whales come in pods. That's true. Or if you don't <laughs> like podpasta, you could be a pastor caster. Yeah. I and like- not, I mean, traditionally that might have referred to like a pastor who casts out demons. But these days... A pastor caster is a pastor who makes a podcast. It sounds more like you're casting out pastors from, from people. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could be a a pastor caster pastor pastor. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with pod pastor. Yeah, stick with pod pastor. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, we're gonna chat about Sabbath, but the burning question on all of our minds, including anyone who's stuck with us through all of that banter. Is, isn't Sabbath just something for Jewish people, maybe Seventh-day Adventists, but not for the rest of us? Mm. That, was, that was certainly my uh, experience growing up and, and probably a lot of people growing up, you know, around church. You hear about Sabbath. You I, I always knew as Sabbath as something that the SDAs did, this weird sort of like, and it seemed uh, cultic almost to me. Um. Well, the word just in itself is so like, ugh, it sounds just like so old school and traditional. And 
Sabbath. Like uh, you don't you don't use that outside of a church no. setting, do no, you? you? Don't. I don't run into many people outside a church world who are you know talking about, hey, how's your Sabbath? Mm. You might have a sabbatical. That yeah. happens. That happens a bit. You know, particularly in sort of academic world. If you're lucky, I mean, that really is the goal, right? To be in a position where you can have sabbaticals. Yeah, you've made it. You're basically like a level above being a pod pastor. Absolutely. <laughs> we had a little sabbatical after four episodes. <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay, so we grew up thinking it was just for Jewish people, Seventh-day Adventists, sounds religious, sounds mm. old school, sounds mm. outdated. Why then, Benj Gould, do you say that this could be the most revolutionary habit, practice, spiritual discipline for the world that we live in today? Well, I think, you know, our culture is one of the most overworked, busy, exhausted, um, deprived culture. You know, anxiety is high, depression is high, um, sickness, mental health, all that stuff is high, relational tension. Um, and it's a result of, of the kind of the Western wheel that we that we sort of are running on um and so i think there is actually something beautiful that the gospel that the that the way of jesus can offer our world um because you know you go and you ask someone how are you and the response is busy he's busy good but busy yeah Yeah. and sometimes it's like a badge of honor like absolutely how are you it's like you'd be ashamed if you weren't busy is often how it feels you would be yeah, because because our culture is built on accomplishment, yeah, and accumulation. You know? I mean, just imagine for a moment if you were to ask me how are you, and I was to say, yeah, really well rested. Wouldn't that just totally shock you for somebody to answer like that, or to just say, yeah, I'm I'm in a really healthy rhythm right <laughs> now. I'm moving slow. I'm I'm present. Yes. How are you? Present. Present. <laughs> Present, I'm here. Yeah, or I'm bored. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like as a kid, I spent my life trying to escape boredom. Mm. And now it is almost unimaginable being bored. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit about that as we go because mm. there's mm. something about boredom that is perhaps uh, worth recovering. Mm. Um, you know, this whole thing that you were just saying, you know, that we're, we're so... Um, exhausted, overworked, um, spiritually malnourished, um, just sort of on that hamster wheel. It actually reminds me of this uh, film I watched when I was at university. I studied film studies uh, because that was the ultimate way of um, getting a fancy degree while watching a movie every week. Lots awesome. of lots of lots of job opportunities from your yeah degree. it's really worked out for me as a film studier. Um, I did think briefly that maybe I'd become a film critic, but uh, haven't pursued that yet. Anyway, there was this film we watched called Kayo Nescatsi, which was a film made I think in the seventies, and uh, it has music by Philip Glass. If you know Philip Glass, is an amazing composer, but this really eerie music. And basically the film, the word Kayonaskatsi comes from uh, a Native American word from the Hopi people, or Hopi, hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and uh, it means life out of balance. 
And the film itself is quite trippy because it's got this like really eerie soundtrack and it starts with these images of like the American kind of uh, canyons and, and sort of, you know, deserts and wide open landscape. And then it sort of moves into the city and there's no like uh, storyline and there's no like dialogue. It's just this music and the images begin to move faster and faster and there's kind of factories in operation and, you know, the, the modern world, people just moving at this crazy pace. And this is made like before the iPhones, made before, you know, uh, podcasts or any of this stuff. It was, you know, back when I, I would have thought things were pretty quiet back in the, in the 70s. Um, and what would they look at our, our world now like? But this idea of life out of balance, you know, we're just moving at an unsustainable pace. Mm. And so perhaps, as you said before, Sabbath is actually, is gospel, is good news, entering into that story and presenting something different. Absolutely. And, and it is. Like you look at our society and, and we are out of balance. Like people are um, not content. They're, they're restless, you know, busy, stressed. Um, even you look at our, our marketing, you know, what the advertisers are doing, and, and this is something that advertisers have cottoned on to, Mm. Um, is so much of marketing is pictures of of rest, of of getting away, of slowing down. As you know, I, I picture the you know um, ads of of cars driving through the mountains, and there's the trees, and then there's it's serene. Or or um, in my Facebook feed, I always get like images of of mattress companies talking about sleep and being well rested. Yeah, just these these images of like. What, what would it look like your life? If you could get this product, then you would find rest. Yeah, I think even about the, the corona ads from yeah. where you'd rather be, you know, people sitting on beaches, lazing around in hammocks, uh, drinking coronas. And you're right, so much of marketing and advertising is geared towards painting a picture of this lifestyle that we want. And, you know, that, that's the thing, right? Like in, in the modern world, advertising is always selling you a lifestyle rather than a product. It's ironic because the lifestyle that they're trying to sell you is one of rest and yet we spend all our time sort of working to make money to buy those products which we need to keep working for to make more money to buy more of those products and we never actually get what they're advertising in terms of just going for a nice Sunday afternoon drive down to the seaside and drinking a Corona. You know, we, we just sort of totally um, pursuing something in a way that's like chasing our tail. Mm. Yeah, if, if we can if we can accumulate our way into enough stuff, then then life will be good. Then but, we'll be slow, yes. you know, then then we'll be present. Like if I can have enough stuff, if I can have enough accomplishments, then then I'll make it. It's funny how the system is so set up to just continue these cycles. I even think about um, you know, and we I think we've talked a lot you know, in a, in a negative way about the iPhone or whatever. And, and I'm, a, I'm an Apple product user and I'm obviously part of this generation of using um, technology, you know, like all the time. Um, but I find it even interesting that like the latest versions of software updates have in them like sleep mode and like mm -hmm. they have built into the software like uh, how to kind of try and um, have more screen-free time. Like the 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 marketing companies know that we're starting to pick up on a need for a more balanced life. So they're building that into the product. So mm. I was like, I'll still buy that product because it's going to help me, but it doesn't work. Right. Like it's just a, unless we are really um, 
you know, intentional about this stuff. We just we just kind of follow those same uh, brain um, neural pathways that mm. we've laid down, mm. which we mm. talked about last season. Keep cutting your way through that jungle. Yeah. It's easier to walk through the path than to cut your own, cut a new way, right? Um, I read this quote the other day that said, you know, the next great revival will be marked by a, a monastic slowing down. That so much of revivals that have happened over, and, and you see them time and time again in history, revivals happen when uh, the culture seems like it's furthest from, from the good news, furthest from um, the way of Jesus, and yet the revival comes and brings something that the culture is missing, a new life and a, and a renewal, and um, people find the way of Jesus again. But um, that quote just struck me so much that that what our culture needs, the great revival that's coming, I think, is mm. a push against against the machine, a push against um, a rage against the machine. A, a, you could say, you could say, yeah. But but uh, yeah, a, a rage a rage against against this thing that is confining us and and um and constricting us into a certain way of life. Yeah, that where we just want to accumulate and accomplish. Um, but the way of Jesus has something to offer. Yeah. And I believe that Sabbath actually is a key part of that and that um, just the very practice of Sabbath in myself shows to my neighbor that there's another way. Yeah. It, it is a, for those that begin this practice, it is a kind of a public declaration. Um, you're putting on display an alternative way, uh, a different way of living in the world. I was thinking about what you were saying a moment ago about the um, the revival quote and the idea of um, as as there's a great hunger and need, the good news comes and meets that. I think about how almost every miracle Jesus performs is him restoring things to how they ought to be mm. rather than transforming them into some new thing it's kind of a restoration you know this leg is broken legs are supposed to walk these eyes can't see eyes are supposed to see i imagine jesus kind of stepping into the modern world and going and healing somebody by telling them to sit down wow take a deep breath i love that and actually restoring health and wholeness in a a way as simple as that what if we could go around and work those miracles in each other's lives proclaim that good news of it's okay to Mm. take a day off it's okay to not get everything on your to-do list done today. Um, it's so good. radical. It is radical, and the idea of Sabbath goes right back to, you know, the very start of the Bible. Um, it's an ancient, ancient practice. You doesn't see. it start with? Doesn't the Bible start with God like uh, massively clocking a bunch of overtime, working this hectic week? Um, that's how it starts, right? Yeah, I think so. And then he's just so exhausted that he can't do any more work. And that's where the Sabbath comes he from. He just crashes. <laughs> he's like, oh, my goodness, I'm smashed after creating the Andromeda galaxy and all that other stuff. I'm just going to chill out for a bit. You know, it's actually, it is, um, we, we joke here, but um, the rhythm that is established in Genesis, you know, people who are, are reading it closely, it always talks about, and there was evening and there was morning the first day or there was evening and there was morning the second day and the Jewish conception of the day began with the evening and what do you, what do, you do in the evening? You sleep, baby. You, you rest. You sleep, baby. And this idea that actually the creation 
comes out of the rest. Mm. The work comes out of the rest and the sleep, um, which is a totally different way of thinking rather than I rest because I'm stuffed from work. That's right. I work because I'm refreshed from rest. That's right. Yeah, and we see, we see in Genesis 1, there's this beautiful rhythm and, um, of work and of rest. And we are not opposed to work. We're not opposed to getting better at work, to doing great work, um, being productive. You know, we, we both um, ascribe to that. We want to do good things. Absolutely. But it has to come with this rhythm of rest. And, and it, I just think it's incredible that God himself set that up. Like God, God doesn't actually need to rest. Um, he worked f- for for six days. He created for six days, and then he had the Sabbath on the seventh. He he rested, but it wasn't a resting out of weakness, but it was out of strength, out of creativity, and slowing down to enjoy what he'd made. Well, that's it. We think of rest so often as you really need to take this rest. You know, your body really is at a point of collapse, um, and yet. Obviously, when we think about the nature of God, God does not get weary. God does not get exhausted. So to actually ask the question, why does this this ancient story that the Bible opens with have a picture of a God who works and rests? Like God mm. definitely doesn't need rest. So it's actually saying rest is more than just something you do because your physical body cannot keep creating. It, it you know, actually is saying we're not machines. Even God, even God is not just a creative machine. Mm. God is a force of rhythm and energy mm. that, um, you know, kind of expands and contracts mm. and works and rests, um, which is a pretty profound image. If we're created to reflect and to bear the image of that God, what does that say about us? Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love that Sabbath is really the first expression of of gospel in the Bible, of good news, because humans created on the sixth day, so their very first day, like the night and day, was a Sabbath, a day of rest, which is kind of this beautiful image to me that, that God created us, and our very first experience of creation was one of rest, with him delighting in creation, exploring, um, and, and just being present. We've lost that so much, but it's, yeah. this, it's sort of this rhythm that actually I, I, I come out of this place of, of rest, abiding, relationship, um, slowing down and being present, and then out of that I, I work. And we've definitely learnt this, this out-of-balance rhythm is something that we've learnt because I even think about my children and they – do not have a conception of being in the world to be productive or being in the world to work. Um, you know, they're doing their work. They're kind of moving the sand around and, you know, moving everything in the house into different places. But it is totally driven out of this sense of curiosity, exploration, presence. Um, so somewhere along the way we learn that it's not okay mm. to do things that don't end in economic value or you know, some other form of measurable KPI outcome. We learn that. That's not kind of how we're sort of designed to begin things. Mm. And again, you know, definitely we, I think I love work and that is the danger for me. The work that I do, I believe in deeply. 
and I really enjoy it and I feel like I'm in my sweet spot a lot of the time, but that is exactly why I need to pay attention because it could be tempting for me just to do that all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to try and we, we work and get fulfillment because we're trying to fulfill something in us, you know, and, and that can easily become uh, destructive if we, if we let it be. Um, but then, you, you know, you move further in, in the Bible and you get to the Ten Commandments after the Exodus. We, we'll talk about that um, in, in some later episodes. But um, I just want to note quickly that in the Ten Commandments is, is this idea of Sabbath. It's the fourth commandment. The first three about loving God. The last uh, six are about loving people. And Sabbath sort of sits as this Hinge. linchpin yeah. um, between the two. And um, the command actually says, remember the Sabbath. Mm. And it's like as if... You're going to forget this one. As if he knew we were going to forget, which we have. Like, our, like as, as Christians, we have forgotten that commandment. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk a, a whole bunch about that uh, later. But um, I just think that's so interesting. And then even fast forward again to when Jesus comes. And uh, most of Jesus' healings, actually done on the Sabbath. Jesus observed the Sabbath. He was, he was always in the synagogue on the Saturday, which is the Jewish um, conception of Sabbath. Sabbath. Um, but a lot of Jesus' healings are done on the Sabbath, which to me is this beautiful picture that like the Sabbath is that day of, of restoration, like we were talking about mm. before, of, of shalom, of making things right again, whole, at peace with, with each other. Um, and I, ju- I just think, you know, you see that and you track through the whole Bible. And this is like not something that we, you know, just have in one obscure Old Testament reference or whatever. It is actually just literally through the, through the whole Bible. Absolutely. The, uh, I think the book of Hebrews has some beautiful um, words about entering God's rest. And that's kind of the goal. Like that's, you know, the desire is to be able to enter God's rest and through Jesus Actually, we have we have access to that um, today. Yeah, so you know, I think it's um, also probably important just to note that you know, for anyone who hears this and they're like, "Well, is this about a particular day of the week? Is this about you know, uh, legalistic kind of stopping everything and prefolding your toilet paper and all this stuff?" We're going to talk about all of that, but I think as we begin this conversation it's important that what we're talking here is about a rhythm where you kind of remind yourself on a regular basis on a weekly basis i am not just made to be a machine mm. that's kind of what it's about we'll talk yeah absolutely about how that looks at different life stages and in different people's lives but that's and the heart of it uh, last season we talked about that these habits and not an expectation, they're an invitation into life, into journey, in, into becoming more like Jesus, which is loving others better, loving God and loving others, being more loving, joyful, peaceful within ourselves. There's this great invitation from Jesus, one of my, one of my favorite Bible verses, Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I just love that idea that, you know, our culture is full of people that are carrying heavy burdens, that are weary. And Jesus' invitation in amongst that busyness is come to me and I will give you rest. That sounds like good news. It's good news. And 
that sounds like if we were to become people of of work and rest rhythms, if we were to become people of Sabbath, we would become good news mm-hmm. to our neighbours, to ourselves, to our spouses, to our children, to our employees, to our bosses. This is a way to become good news. Mm. So we started the episode with that question, you know, around Jews and SDAs, you know, this old sort of practice seems so um, unfamiliar to us and so different from us, but maybe there's actually something in that that we can learn. I know, um, you know, the Jews actually have been one of the cultures um, that despite where they are and what other cultures they find themselves in, they've been able to keep their own identity and culture intact um even through you know world war ii which was kind of like this decimation of of Mm. jewish culture um that that the jewish faith is still alive and well and you and you go to you know major cities all around the world and there's kind of little communities communities of jews um and i read this quote that was that said uh the jews have not kept the sabbath the sabbath has kept the jews and um, sociologists say that, like, one of the things that has kept this Jewish culture together over, you know, thousands and thousands of years, lots of attack, is the practice of Sabbath. And I think there's something in that. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, it is funny that we, we say something like we did at the beginning of this conversation around, well, isn't that <laughs> just for Jewish people and Seventh-day Adventists? We almost say that in a way that we immediately discount that we could have something to learn from different traditions to ours, from different uh, streams of, of people trying to, to follow God throughout history. And so, you know, um, we really want to actually listen to um, what is there that we can learn from our, our Jewish and Seventh-day Adventist brothers and sisters. And in a moment, we're actually going to hear from uh, a friend of ours, Olivia Wolfe, who, who is a Seventh-day Adventist uh, here on the Central Coast, a uh, good friend of ours, and um, she's going to share a little bit about what Sabbath means for her. Uh, but first, you were telling me about an interesting little bit of research that you stumbled upon that's definitely worth paying attention to. Do you want to share that? Yeah, well, I was, I was reading this book recently that said um, it was a study in North America. So the average North American Seventh-day Adventist lives 10 years longer than the average North American. So if you're a, if you're a seven day Adventist in the United States or in North America, then your life on average is going to be ten years longer than everyone else, and they and they put that down to the practice of Sabbath of resting. And I'm going to assume that the stat sounds North American because the research was done in North America. Yet I'm assuming the principle behind that probably applies anywhere. We can only assume. We can only yeah. assume, but. We can assume. We can assume. And you know what happens when we assume, but hopefully. Take it from us. Assume. <laughs> In every other circumstance, don't assume because you do know what happens, right, Bench? What happens when we assume? It makes an ass out of you and me. Correct. But in this instance, we're making a very we're not we're not making an assumption, we're making an educated guess. Very educated. Much more respectable. Anyway, let's listen to Olivia and what she has to say about the value of Sabbath. And we'll be back next episode to talk about your objections to Sabbath, all of those reasons why you don't think this is for you. So I guess the Sabbath to me has been very much like 
a concept that's in progress. Um, so I started going to a seventh-day Adventist school um, from about year four, and um, I wasn't a Christian before that. Um, didn't really know what that whole thing was about. And so, yeah, I started going to this Seventh-day Adventist school. I started going to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, and I was kind of exposed to this concept, this idea of Sabbath. Um, and I think in the start, I kind of began to understand it through my friends um, and their families and kind of what I saw them doing. Um, and to a kid, I think Sabbath seems like a lot of laws. It seems like a lot of regulation and, um, you know, a long list of these are the things you can't do and a smaller list of these are the fun things or the not so fun things you can do. Um, and so that was my first introduction to Sabbath, this kind of thing of like when the sun goes down, this is what you can do. Um, this is what you can't and from there I um, started going to church more um, my whole family actually became Christian and so did I and um, from there I actually had to have my own personal revelation about what is Sabbath what does it mean to me um, what am I going to hold on to about what I've mimicked from other people in the church and what am I going to actually implement into my own life um, and I kind of like to think about Sabbath in this way, like you've been on a holiday and you've been carrying all your bags and it's been awesome and it's been fun, but then you have that day in the hotel where you can just unpack your bags, you can just sit down on that massive hotel bed and put on that trashy TV um, and kind of just unpack like Sabbath has kind of turned for me less into a list of things and more into how does it serve me how do I um, serve others how do I reconnect with God um, and seek that connection that I haven't found maybe in the rest of the week or to me, I find a lot of anxiety during the week, a lot of things to worry about, a lot of things I've been keeping close to my chest and like you would do in that hotel room, I think it's about unpacking and leaving those things to God again once a week. Um, and I mean, I have every intention to do that every day, but it's less of a reality for me and having that time once a week to go you don't have to be guilty about not doing anything you don't have to be guilty about you know sitting and dwelling with God and who he is and taking that time out so that's what's important to me about a Sabbath and that's again an in-progress thing that I've been learning about um, so yeah wh why I would recommend it to people is that it gives you a chance to sit with God and sit with who he is and unpack. Music for Inhabit has been produced by our legendary friend Josh Corkill. 
This episode also featured a track by Rowan Parry, also known as Midi Machine. Special shout out to Olivia Wolf for sharing so beautifully with us. Inhabit is a collaborative project between Narara Valley Baptist Church and Greenhouse Church Long Jetty. If you think there is value in this conversation, help us reach more people by giving us a positive rating and writing a short review on the iTunes Store or Apple Podcasts. And of course, share it around on your social media and continue the conversation with the people around you. We'll catch you next time on Inhabit.